What is everybody? I, welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. Here we're gonna do another another one of those episodes where I go into detail of a feud, but we do not do any behind the scenes stuff. Someone was talking to me and asking me what's the difference between what I do there and with Match Match of the Month. That's really the only difference. When I go to Match of the Month, if I go into this much details, because I'm going into through the intricacies of um, the behind the scenes things and and it's just that way but this we got good reviews on this you know as far as get po- a bunch of positive feedback people really enjoyed having the dates the month to go back to watch it on the WWE network some of it you know so we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it then you know and and, and this this won't replace the match in the month. This might just be something I do once a month just to change things up. Because I, I don't want to necessarily do a bunch of extra content anymore. Unless it's just unless it just makes sense. You know, but if it doesn't make sense, then just the weekly shows, two shows, you know. We have a bunch of stuff coming up. We have Loki coming up. <coughs> Excuse me. Loki coming up. Black Widow coming up. Shang-Chi. We got so much crap coming up that it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be it's not gonna make sense. So Anyways, but today, as you see in the title, it is Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle, the highest selling pay-per-view in TNA history is these two. And think about how crazy this is. So before we get into it, I just want to get my thoughts on it. Think about how important that is to the legacy of TNA, that a TNA mainstay original whatever you want to call it is a part of it and not just wwe people kevin kurt angle in there makes sense right kurt angle had some great angle had a longer run in tna than he did in wwe in his prime right so having a wwe guy in there made sense but having someone like a samoa joe it also just cements how important samoa joe's legacy is to this, to to the history of professional wrestling he is without a doubt the greatest roh champion of all time then he is the highest, he's part of the highest selling pay-per-view. And this match had a lot to do with it. This feud was amazing. So I just want to say that to get it out of the way. So by this time, Kurt Angle made his debut in TNA October 6th, Impact 2006. At this point, Samoa Joe was the man. He was NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He had not been pinned or submitted in any match. So even if he had lost the match, no one ever pinned him or made him tap out. So in, in this debut, it got physical immediately. So Mojo came out, laid the championship across this imaginary line, dared Kurt to cross it. Kurt gave him a headbutt, did an angle slam, and then as he's celebrating, Samojo stands up, he's bleeding from the face. They had this pull-apart brawl. Go to Bound for Glory a week later. These two have another pull-apart brawl. It's clear they are going, they're sending Angle right to the top. At that point in time, why wouldn't you? Kurt Angle was a wrestling machine at this time. Make sure I'm recording. I am. Good. He was just a man. I remember his intensity in 2006 was off the charts. He had won the World Heavyweight Championship. 
He had defended it. Then he defended uh, against Mark Henry, the Undertaker. Then he ended up going to WrestleMania 22 and losing it uh, without being pinned. Randy Orton was the one that was pinned in that triple threat match by Rey Mysterio. But his intensity in 2006 was off the chain, as the kids would say. Um, so then we go to Genesis 2006. Their very first one-on-one meeting in history and anywhere. And Joe taps out to the ankle lock after being placed in it for a long time. He had nowhere to go. He was fighting like heck to get out of it. He had nowhere to go. Had to tap out. This is the first time in TNA that Samoa Joe was pinned or to made submit. So Kurt Angle now he comes in and does this. And it's ironic because Samoa Joe was the first man to pin and submit Christian Cage. Christian Cage was on his own impressive streak. I think he was over a year without being pinned or submitted. Samoa Joe was the man that took that from him. Kurt Angle is the man who t- takes this from Samoa Joe. Um, but this was huge. Then we go to Turning Point, the rematch. Samoa Joe then, in return, ties the series at 1-1 one to one and makes Kurt Angle tap out. I actually did not remember this match, mainly because it wasn't for a championship. This this is not the match that people think about when they think about this feud. This is not the one that sold the, the highest buy rate. But this was huge, and I went back and watched it, and I was like, holy crap, he made Kringle tap out. That was a big deal. You know, that was the same way when Hogan tapped out to Kurt Angle's ankle lock. That was a big freaking deal, you know, because I think Brock Lesnar man, passed out to a bear hug. But but Kurt made Hogan, like, yellow, red Hogan tap out, you know. Like, I think the only time Hogan had tapped out at that point was he when, was when he was NWO Hollywood. Otherwise, you know, not in red and yellow. Anyways, this was huge. And I, don't, I just didn't remember this match. You know, but Joe ties this up one and one. In the following years, the two would meet two more times with Angle taking a three-to-one lead. He'll win the next two matches, obviously. But then we get to lockdown, 2008. This is the show that people talk about the most. This is the highest-selling pay-per-view in TNA history with, I believe, 60,000 buys. And it was based off this feud. This they reignite this feud. It turned into a blood feud. Like when Samoa Joe got into some of his greatest feuds, they were blood feuds. Him and Christian Cage was an absolute blood feud. They, they Christian did some dastardly things, and it it just led to where it needed to get to. <laughs> you know, this was no different. And by the way, let me remind you guys now. Samoa Joe had never won the TNA Championship. I believe he was an X-Division champion. Obviously, he was an X-Division champion at the time. He was a former NWA champion. I can't remember who he lost the NWA championship to. Um, he, but he wasn't pinned in that res- He wasn't pinned or submitted in that result. So, like, when Kurt Angle beat him the first time, it wasn't for a championship. You know? Um, so, t- and Samojo had never won the TNA title. Never! Like, if you think about it, like, Christian Cage never won the TNA title either. He won the NWA Heavyweight Championship when they were still aligned with the NWA. But this was a big deal. And I remember, uh, this was, I was, I, I was like, into TNA, but only, it was like WCW, right? When I was 
in the Monday Night Wars, I literally had a routine. I never, I, not gonna say never. I very rarely went back and forth. I had my thing where I watched the first hour of Nitro because that's where the, that's where the Chris Benoit's, Jericho's, Malenko's, Mysterio's, Guerrero's, uh, DDP's, Booker T's usually were. Now, if there were special occasions, then I then I would change to the main event. But the main, but the last hour of Nitro, I never actually watched. I will watch stuff later on as tape trading became a prevalent thing, but it was very few times. And one time I can remember off the top of my head was the Lex Luger World Championship win. I just knew Luger was winning the title, and Luger was hot at the time, and he could do no wrong. And I remember vividly saying to myself, "I have to watch the main event." And for some reason, because WCW had played it so many times, like into having Giant versus Hogan. And having them go off the air right as the main event started. They did that so many times. It was annoying. But this time around, I just felt like they were going to do right. They were going to show this match. And they did. It was one of a few times. I didn't even watch Goldberg win the championship Hogan a year later. But that's how big this was. Like, even though Goldberg's was big too. That's how big to me this thing was. Because I was never a big Luger fan. But he just... He was like, at that point in time, Sting was still out, and no one else was really built up. DDP was coming up. You know, DDP was coming up. He was becoming one of my favorites, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Luger was just so hot. And it was just like, okay, where, where are you going? Where is this going? Blah, blah, blah. And just to see him win that championship. Even if it was a six-day title run, it was one of the greatest moments in WCW history, not just Nitro, but WCW history. Anyways, that's how I got to be with TNA. I would kind of t- tune in to see who my guys were, where where they were. So AJ Styles, Daniels, uh, Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, like these people I would watch. And then I kind of turn away from it because there was a point where it was too much WWE, ex-WWE guys, even though it was people I liked, even though it was the Christian Cages, even though it was the Kurt Angles. It was people I liked, but it was still overkill a little bit. But it was more refreshing because Jarrett in the early years, people talk about 2003 and 2002 and and what do, what do they call it? What, what triple what what is that called? How Triple H buried everybody air quotes and doing air quotes? You can't see me doing air quotes. Whatever that term is they use for that time period for Triple H, Jer- Jeff Jarrett. Oh my God, he was a man. He stayed in the main event. He never left that mother bleeper. Um, so I kind of had bad taste in my mouth. So I kind of just, it, 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 it kind of just was like, uh, I don't really necessarily want to see anything with you. Like, he's cool, but it wasn't, he wasn't one of my people. So TNA kind of got to be like that with me where I never gave it up, but I just kind of watched the people who I liked to watch. Right. So anyways, so when this feud picked back up, I was kind of late to the party, but, um, I got myself caught up. Then you had lockdown 2008 happening. And Kurt Angle is a TNA champion. And everyone just knew. Anyone who's a TNA fan at this time. It was like, if Samoa Joe doesn't win the TNA title here, he's never winning this championship. Like, it just felt like it was the right time. And I get professional wrestling very rarely has those right time moments. It always seems like sometimes it's either, I'm not saying rarely, excuse me. As you hear this car go away, you hear all sorts of stuff going on right now. Rain, 
cars, whatever. Um, and yes, I am recording multiple episodes. So if you're, if you're at Jupiter's Legacy, I'm recording on the same day. Anyways, um, it just, it's not rare to have, but it is like, I think sometimes it is rare. I, I'm, I'm gonna say it, and then I'll and, I'm, and I'll explain later. Sometimes it's, it comes off as rare because there's so many times people want to swerve you and curve you and all this other crap to where it's just kind of like, can't we just enjoy? Can't someone just have the right moment, right time? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you push some people too. Like Kurt Angle went straight to the top. Kurt Angle literally held every championship. He held the TNA Tag Team Championships, the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship. He had the TNA uh, X Division Championship and the TNA Tag Team Titles. Oh, that's a TNA World Title, NWA, NW, uh, New Japan World Championship, the X Division Title Tag Team Championships. So try to say that two, uh, two times fast. And he literally had every belt. And then there was one night where I can't remember. This, this has nothing to do with the storyline. But it's intriguing because here's how it ended up happening, right? Because a lot of people don't know this, but Jay Lethal has a pinfall victory over Kurt Angle. He defeated Kurt Angle in a really good match for the X Division Championship. And one of the biggest underdogs. Like if you look at Jay Lethal's history in professional wrestling, and to see who he's had the pleasure of not just being in the ring with, but beating. Holy crap, that list is long. He's one. The, he he's never gonna go to WWE. He just signed a new contract with the ROH. That's fine. I don't think he will even fit in, in WWE. He, he, he probably just works best with ROH. And it's clear they pay him. It's clear they're happy with him. And he's happy with with them. And they're happy with him. So it doesn't even matter. But if you just look at this, he, he was shot to the top. So, like, the, and at this time, I remember thinking to myself, no one else is built up enough, credible enough to beat him. You know, it's kind of like that Undertaker thing with Brock Lesnar. It's like, who is credible enough to beat the Undertaker and take his streak? At this time, who is going to actually pin this man's shoulders to the mat and defeat him for this heavyweight title? Because even when Jay Lethal beat him, it was a bunch of... He was he was protected. He had, had a tag team championship match with Sting. Then he had a, a match with Jay Lethal. So he was two matches in at that point. Then he had a heavyweight championship match. It was like he was he was protected. You know what I'm saying? So it was a clean win, but he was so protected. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're there. So anyways, um, we get here. They have a hell of a few. They have a hell of a fight. And it leads to Samoa Joe winning his first TNA heavyweight championship. The series would end... With a four to three advantage for Kurt Angle, but this feud was one of the greatest in TNA history. It to me, if you didn't know who Samoa Joe was, it put him on the map. As far as even WWE fans at the time, at least knew who Samoa Joe was. Whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. You at least knew who he was because he was wrestling Kurt Angle and he was having these great matches with Kurt Angle. Like, even for even the diehard WWE fans, when one of their favorites goes over to another company, they do watch. I don't care what anyone says. There's been plenty of times where I've had conversations with people who are like, I hate AEW, I hate ROH, I hate New Japan, blah, blah, blah. They kill the business, blah, blah, blah. They sound like Jim Cornette, which is, well, that's, which is fine. But when one of their favorites goes, they go to watch. 
I don't even think AJ Styles had that moment in TNA where everyone got to know who he was. You know what I'm saying? And AJ Styles is phenomenal, pun intended. But I don't even think Styles even had that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I first started doing research for this, my, my first thoughts was, I want to do something with AJ Styles. And I started looking at his feuds. A lot of his feuds outside of the X Division and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe, and even some with Samoa Joe, are very underwhelming. Like, very underwhelming. And I was just like, wow. Like, I, I, I was expect for some reason, maybe because I'm such a fan of his, I thought more. You know, but no, like, really, I, I always love Styles. Obviously, I love the Unbreakable Three-Way. I may do a a, a a timeline of that. We're going to call this series timeline. And um, t- how it led to Unbreakable Three-Way. But, um, yeah, I was very surprised. But this to me, this puts some more joy on the map. To me, as far as, like, to WWE fans. Like, to me, we did not ROH put him on the map to independent fans. What he did with CM Punk, put him on the map to independent fans and TNA but this though this led him to the precipice this to me even though WWE probably didn't have interest in him for another several years he was definitely that guy to me that said I even said I was like, all right cool like there's no way like because Kurt works with people that he respects you know and there's just no way he can't make it in any company now you know you, you get what I'm saying um but this is the, this did the best business for TNA ever and I just think, like I said, I just think it's so fitting that it's not just a WWE guy. I'm glad it was not Christian Cage and Kurt Angle doing this. I'm glad it was Christian Cage. I'm glad it was Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe who did this. I'm glad it was a TNA original that was a part of this 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 history. And I don't know if they're ever going to sell that many pay per views again. <laughs> it's clear they're heading, heading in a direction I, which I thought would be of most. Uh, taking away that TNA championship from, well, it depends. I don't see him, I don't see Omega losing that TNA championship before he loses that AEW heavyweight championship. And I'm, I'm going to have to assume, because the way they're doing it right now is Hangman just lost his number one contendership. He dropped to number four, and he has a match with Brian Cage. As I, as I record this, I don't know when this is coming out, but as I record this, they're having a match at Double or Nothing. Brian Cage versus uh, Kenny, uh, excuse me, versus him and Adam Page. I'm assuming they knocked him down to build him back up to that number one contendership by All Out. And I'm assuming at All Out, that is when we're going to see the coronation of Hangman Adam Page as the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And so I'm assuming after Omega loses that, He's going to lose the AAA championship to Andrade or whoever. Then he'll lose the, the, the TNA championship to fucking Moose. I'm assuming that's where that's going. But to me, I don't know if TNA will ever get there. And I don't want to say they're never going to get there. That's not fair. That's not cool. I don't like that. Hopefully they can get there. But the fact that this happened, this was cool. Kurt Angle brought him up to a new level. And Samojo showed that, hey, I can hang with anyone in this business. So that is your timeline. That's we're just going to name this right now for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing these, actually. I actually have one more I've done, I've done and I'm going to record that. Probably not with so much acoustics around. Probably going to record that later today. I don't know when these, when these two are going to drop. Um, I'm still figuring all that out. Um, but it will be sometime soon. Um, 
But like I said, it might, it might be in June. So we'll see. Anyways, that's your show. I am the Soul Chemical. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'm out.